0: and welcome to this episode of the Diversifying Data podcast. My name's Alicia Nagra, and on this edition, we're going to be talking about South Asian Heritage Month. So I'm super excited to be here with Shijo and Unchman to talk about our experiences of being of Indian descent in modern day Britain. So should we introduce ourselves and kind of talk about our story of how we got here today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I can go first. Yeah, so I'm Unchman or Unshu, or Ansh for short. I was born in India in a state called Bihar, which is quite small, a small rural state. And when I was six months old, my family relocated to the UK. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's definitely a gift sometimes, and it's definitely something that has caused problems, like, or something I interpreted (laughs) as problems growing up. Um, But yeah, now I really, I'm proud to be from two places, have two homes basically on the planet. I think it's like, really is a blessing, yeah.
2: Um, I'm Shijo. I was born in Kerala and I uh, moved here when I was around six or seven and uh, I, I grew up in a rural part of Kerala. Uh, grew up on a farm f- surrounded by chickens and cows and everything and uh, my mum had a job as a nurse in the UK and then she won- uh, she moved our family up here and I, I loved living in India and I really disliked uh, like moving i actually had a hunger strike on the day that i was moving yeah, really. and and uh my dad had to p- uh, like pick me up from the hospital on the day of moving and we moved here yeah
0: that's quite severe yeah, no. <laughs> um my grandparents moved here in the 60s so my parents were born here and then i was born here too so uh, second generation immigrants so i guess maybe some of my experiences will be different to your guys which will be interesting yeah, so um you might be too young to remember but what did it feel like coming from rural india to then moving to the uk
2: yeah i i loved living in rural india like i did a lot of stuff that kids here wouldn't be able to do like i played with the chickens i went and like I <laughs> went into the forest of Rome and like I played with sticks and threw rocks and like made like huts and stuff. I guess some people living in the country would have done that but like mm. uh, that was very big culture shock to where I came from which is like um, in Essex, a uh, South End um, and there it was more concrete and more like uh, British I would say.
0: So why, I mean, why do we think South Asian Heritage Month is important? You know, I think it, it's quite a new newly recognised thing. Let's talk about, for us, why it's so important to have this as a, as a recognised month.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so I think I, I was, like, I found out about it last year when I heard about it through a friend. And she was also celebrating it in her workplace. And she was giving her colleagues a lesson in Hindi. And I just thought <laughs> that's so amazing, just because... Say if I had had come to this company more recently from India, like just walking into an environment where people are trying to learn Hindi or learning about, you know, cultural celebrations like Diwali or, you know, what it means to be, like, a person of Southeast Asian or South Asian heritage. Um, It's just, it's all about diversity. Like, you want to make everyone at the company feel welcome and everyone just in general feel welcome.
0: I think it's just about being seen as well. I think that something that if you're not from an... Ethnic minority background, you don't, you don't, you can't appreciate is just how much it means to be seen, Mm -hmm. either to be recognised as um, recognised as a as a race or to see representation in the media, Mm -hmm. um, to see good representations of. And I know we're not like we're not a diverse representation of South Asia because we're all from India, but Mm -hmm. even seeing characters on TV, you know, like Mm -hmm. in Bridgerton, when it wasn't, it was not a stereotyped representation of an Indian. It was actually like a powerful, sexually liberated, strong Indian woman. I think yeah. it's just that element of recognition that's so important. Yeah.
2: yeah, Similar thing, I when I saw Never Have I Ever, that was during COVID and I was like full with my friends and I didn't I feel that. I loved Never Have I Ever. It was so good. I saw them eat like dosha and like stuff for breakfast. I'm yeah. like, that's what I did, you know? And I was so excited and pumped for that. But I think it's like, it's good to see and hear voices and people's stories because it's like, when you're in a privileged position, when you see everyone that looks like you, it's hard for you to realize that like, it's important for people to see good representation in the media. When I see someone or like, see stories of people who are successful, it kind of relates to me a little bit more, and I don't know, I don't know why that is, but it does, and that I think that's really useful to hear stories and different voices being mm. shown.
1: Yeah, because yeah. you see yourself in that position. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, grown up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: I have, I have a weird fact about Spider Man. Is the most like rated superhero of all time, and it's because okay. there's no person under it; it's a mask. Uh, yeah. So all children relate to Spider Man individually. So that's the most popular like superhero. That makes sense. Spider Man yeah. was my favorite grown up yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even in the new movie, like they have a sort of Indian based Spider Man, which I thought was I like thought a really nice deep.
2: search. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: So, did you ever experience growing up? I know this was the case for me. Um, I know before we started the podcast, you were talking about your first packed lunch when yeah. you came to the UK and having yeah. like roti and, and yeah. chicken curry and then feeling a bit embarrassed about it or yeah, maybe not like feeling like embarrassed that. about it until <laughs> until people, people turned around. It out. Yeah.
2: yeah, I remember eating with my hands, and like uh, that's a normal thing for me mm. when I came back, uh, in, back home in India. Uh, when I came here, and I did that, and people literally came and was like "That smells weird that 's like what are you doing and like that just made me feel so alien and isolated yeah. and that and I understand that i w- they were kids they were like six or seven, and kids are mean, yeah. like they don 't understand anything better, yeah. and that really made me that had an impact on me, and I had like school meals for the rest of my like primary school and secondary school as a result of that. And I told my mum never to, like, give me pack lunch that is, like, Indian again, because yeah. it's just, like, weird, right? Um, I think
0: when, when you're younger, anything that sets you apart, you just want to conceal. Yeah. I know I felt that, like, if I was ever dressed up to go to an Indian function, walking from my house to my car, I would run or I'd put a coat over me, yeah. because I wouldn't want anyone from my school to walk past and see me in Indian dress, whereas now it's something I'd be proud of, it'd be all over my Instagram, but... I think when you're younger these are the thing these things that set you apart you are just so terrified for anyone to see mm-hmm. and then when you go out of that and your friends actually start to recognize and, and like those things about yeah. you and you realize you don't have to be afraid it's such it's such a liberating and relieving moment yeah, because you right, don't yeah. feel yeah. it it's actually exhausting having to hide parts of yeah. yourself yeah, to yeah, try and sure fit in yeah, yeah. and it got to a point where you know what you doing every weekend? People would be going out to like parties or whatever. I'd have another wedding. I'd be at another <laughs> wedding. I'd be at another family function. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah, another exactly. wedding, and people would stop understanding and be like, "Are you just making up excuses? How many weddings yeah, can you have yeah, to go yeah, to?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: like you don't want to be friends with them. Yeah, like, yeah, I you know. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, growing up like with two older sisters as well. Because there there was a bit more of an age gap for when they moved to the UK, so Hindi was their first language, but English was mine growing up in this country. So I kind of saw like secondhand through their experiences what to do and what not to do. And obviously everything just changes with time. But I think I kind of had the mentality I'm just going to sort of keep my home life very separate to yeah. my friends or my school or whatever, um, just because, yeah... And I would get exhausted because I was hiding like that part of my life to my friends just because it's embarrassing. We didn't have stuff like Southeast Asian Heritage Month back then. Yeah. It's kind of like no one really talked about my race, which is yeah. great to a certain extent. But sometimes if you don't even address someone's background, you're not really acknowledging their experience. Yeah. No. Um,
2: this is so true. I, I hear a lot of people saying like you're equal, we're all equal and it's just like why why you're not different from mine. Uh, you're not different, right? We're all equal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that's cool and that's a really good attitude, but the thing is like we are equal but different. Mm-hmm. Like we all have differences yeah. and those differences should be celebrated, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Equity rather than equality. Yeah, exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. Yeah
1: yeah. 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 yeah, you grew up trying so hard to fit in. They don't realize when everyone leaves school or university everyone's trying their best to stand out and i think like i had a similar like coming of age moment when i got to uni i was like because i grew up in such a sort of not so diverse area of the uk like uh, up in the northeast um i didn't really see that many other people outside of my family that you know were from the same background as me or same ethnicity or same religion or whatever um, but when I got to a uni in a place that was much more diverse, and I see all these people that like sort of look like me talking yeah. my language, <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, wait, what's going on here? Like, yeah. I'm like, alright, cool, I'll just <laughs> step right into it then. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, it's nice.
0: So, if you feel comfortable sharing, what what are the main kind of misconceptions or bias you felt that you experienced growing up?
2: I'd say not misconceptions or biases. It's just like a kind of insecurity similar to what you had of like my culture and my cultural identity being accepted by people mm-hmm. i just wouldn't talk about things that were very indian to my friends and which i realized is a very bad thing to do i educate my friends constantly on what is indian now because like it's cuz th- as they know certain things from me and then they will be able to like better understand and accept other people of differences because they're like oh my friend told me this is a c- thing that you guys do mm-hmm. this is, uh, like and have open and more in-depth conversations to understand that nuanced part of that culture mm-hmm. um, Whereas, like, when I was younger, I just, like, shut my... Like, like similar to you, I just shut my Indian part off. But I was very lucky I had a lot of Indian friends. And that that really gave me solidarity. Like, like when we go to Indian functions, we would hang out with the Indian friends. And, like, I, I had a sense of identity from that. And that was because my... um fam- The where place I was in had a lot of, like, Asian community. And right. we had a lot of functions and stuff like that. But even at the functions, I remember the kids would really, like not speak Malayalam or like uh, speak English and like be a little bit embarrassed of like Mm. being dressed different, right? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, But it is is interesting as you grow up, you realise your differences is what makes you unique. And people are craving these differences. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, in the context of work, like absolutely, just hit the nail on the head. People need that diversity because if you have sort of diverse workforce, you can connect to a diversity of clients, customers, whatever. For me personally, like, I think as times have changed, I've become more aware of you know what microaggressions even are or like biases, and then it's sort of when I'm reflecting, like I'm thinking like something that happened like ten years ago, like wait, (laughs) wait, you shouldn't have said that to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah." And it's like sometimes it's my own friends, it's teachers, or it's just like whatever. Like as a kid, you just think everything's normal. Like if someone's treating you badly, as a kid, you don't really know anything. Like you're just gonna think, oh, this is just how I should be treated. But yeah, I think like more recently, like. The push for diversity and sort of inclusion um, has made me realise, like, actually, could probably educate like some people better around me. Yeah, I agree.
0: I feel like I let a lot slide because I thought it was normal or okay, Mm -hmm. but I think um, this is as society's evolved and we've become more aware of microaggressions and understanding a little bit more what you can and can't say. Mm -hmm. I look back and think. Oh, like you said, that thing my teacher said to me in year four was actually really out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was telling you guys as well before. Uh, part of like RE in year f- in year five, I think they put on Bend It Like Beckham, oh. and that was like, here you go. Now you know about Indian culture. You've watched Bend It Like Beckham. Oh God, I wanted to crawl yeah. up into a ball and die. Like it's funny, and I think if you're if you're of Indian descent, it speaks to a lot of the stereotypes and some things that we can relate to. But mm. I came out of that, and people thought. I was going to get an arranged marriage um, <laughs> that's how I you know that's how I dress that's how my mum spoke I you know I ate curry 24 7 and I was just mortified yeah, yeah. and I think that time and a place oh, no, yeah no, and yeah, I think no. there are so many better representations now like you talk about never have I ever yeah. I think that is a great representation of what it's like to be um, an Indian teenager in today's society
2: this is, yeah this is true I think she's an awful human being to be honest that's my personal opinion
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) but I think we can we can all speak to elements of no no I see the elements of this no no and I I know we're all teenagers we're growing and stuff Mm. like that
0: but there are so many things um growing up Asian I think are just amazing I think that um Growing up in an Asian family and the the, epi- the family being the epicentre of your life yeah, and how yeah. big our families are is just amazing. I have a lot of friends who can't understand the fact that I've got so many cousins that yeah, I'm so close yeah, to. Yeah. Um, I think that family environment and the emphasis on family is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, again, like you don't even realise it when you're growing up, but until later on in life, then you realise, actually, I'm so glad that this is such a unique... And, you know, strong position that's in my life that, you know, everything's just about the family, like extended family, your cousins, your mum, your dad, whatever. Um, And, yeah, growing up, again, you just kind of assume everyone else has the same things going on, but it's, like, really not like that. And, like, yeah, sometimes they don't even talk to, like, their cousins or whatever, or they don't have any. Yeah, it's just something that's always been a support system in my life, so I'm just so grateful for that. And, yeah, like, really grateful for that part of our culture, Yeah. Yeah.
2: I th- I I think like uh, there is there is a lot of commonality between South Asian like culture and it's just like that communal feeling of like family and relating and very close to that is like is an amazing thing to be celebrated. I think that's really good to have that support system within people's lives as well.
0: So for um for for companies, I mean, I know that so we're here and we're doing this podcast. What what other things do you think are important for companies for to make? South Asian people and ethnic minorities in general feel more included. I know here at Kubrick we've got um, some employee resource groups being set up, like we've got the Women's Network mm-hmm. and LGBT Kubrick Plus, and I'm sure more will evolve. But, you know, I've thought about it a lot this month. What other things do you think organisations should be doing and how much responsibility do you think organisations should have in doing that?
2: Hmm. I, I, I think it's really, like about empowering people to hear their voices like we said earlier i think it's about being seen right being recognizing people's differences allowing people to say their story like similar to what we're doing here and just normalizing the fact that people are different and like, like you said earlier it's just like diversity is amazing it's just you don't want people to look at the same problem and have the same outcome right you don't want a person to be like ah oh, that's the way to solve that problem someone else would be like oh that's a different way to solve that mm-hmm. problem in a different way and this all of this comes from like cultural nuances on how you look at certain things how you problem-solve and all these kind of things so it's so useful for a company all you can do as a company is try not to make an amalgamated kind of like I am a worker kind of robot kind of thing mm-hmm. but rather than like empower your workforce to be their true selves and allow the collective intelligence of the company to increase because that's that's what we're all here for, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. And just to add to that, um, as I mentioned earlier, so my friend like is really passionate, you know, about celebrating uh, you know, our cultural backgrounds. So yeah, I think I know, it's just fun, I feel like you know, if you had like an open sign up sheet of if you know any languages, like, you to know, try teaching a class. I think people would sign up for that. Um, and, you know, you get to learn, like, through learning language, you learn a lot about the culture and, like, the people teach, teaching you, at least. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's, like, the bigger picture stuff on, you know, hiring, who you, you sort of promote through a company. Obviously, that's a version of being seen, being represented within a company. Um, so I think, obviously, importance should be paid to that. Um, I think as well as that, you know, companies can sort of look into where they invest in their money, where they invest in their resources, how many of them come from like certain areas of the world, and they can sort of diversify their investment portfolio in that sense as well. Um, But when it comes to more of the day-to-day, like, you know, what you guys have said, just allowing people to be themselves, like, you know, celebrate their sort of religious festivals, um, share it with the rest of the workforce. I I think it's all about building that sense of community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're really lucky, I think, to have um, a head of DEI and for it to be such a such a prominent thing here at Kubrick. We've got um, we've got the multi faith prayer room, um, and I feel like things are celebrated well here. Yeah. You know, things like when Diwali come around, there's um, there's information put up in workplace about it, things like that. And I think small things like that just make such a big difference. Yeah. There are also I was thinking about this on the train here. How many things in modern Britain come from India that yeah. a lot of people might not know about what well, we were talking earlier about yeah. tea. Yeah. That yeah. that's Indian, you know. Yeah. It's a very British thing. British yeah. people are known for drinking tea. Yeah. That came from India. Yeah. Um, and it's become so popular now to oil your hair. Yeah. I'm seeing all over TikTok, rosemary oil, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that is something that has been like a ritualistic, really sacred family experience in India for generations, your yeah. grandma oiling your hair. Yeah. And um, it's nice to see those things come into Britain now and to be more widespread. But I feel like I should... I could, it's a hard balance on how I feel about things that come from India but aren't recognised as coming from India.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah totally. I find, I find it super weird. It's, that it's just like it's a cu- cultural appropriation kind of that word. It's just like you, you want to see the things that other people are doing well. Yeah. But it's about paying homage to that right you can't basically be like i invented this right when there's like like you can't be the sole creator of this guys i found this new thing right you can be like this was used ages ago in this kind of like context in a different context and it can mean so many different things Mm. to another person Mm. right and you actually stripping that and devoiding that of that that value can actually be like oh man, this this is what it meant to me, that's like kind of misrepresenting yeah. like what it fully meant, right? Yeah, totally. but, but it's hard for, I see it from the other point of view, it's hard for them to like it's look <laughs> and see that, like yeah. you, uh, they yeah. found something cool online, and they're like, oh man, yeah. this, this is yeah, amazing. It's, oh, it's awesome. maybe it's, not even
0: yeah. the responsibility of the consumers, then yeah. it's more about the way that they're marketed. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. It, no,
1: that's so true, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see it with a lot of products, but even, you know, I think we mentioned it earlier, sort of, you know, people wearing bindi's to festivals, I mean, as an Indian, seeing stuff like that, obviously it is kind of offensive, just because they're not celebrating that, you know, in a religious context, they're not understanding the cultural significance behind that.
0: Yeah,
1: because um, a bindi yeah.
0: traditionally, it's evolved a bit now, it used to be what you would wear if you were a married woman, right? Exactly. And it exactly. used to be a, a very important and meaningful thing for yeah. Indian women to wear their bindi. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now it's just kind of seen, or, or it will just be marketed as a face jewel exactly. on ASOS or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you, yeah, you'll see it at every festival you go to. Across yeah, the
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, so it's just a weird one. I mean, how do you tell someone to stop selling the product? I mean, because yeah, exactly. obviously they're just going to say, oh, it's just a face jewel. Mm. But, yeah. you know, I think people, you know, that choose to wear them, like, obviously, like, that's your decision, but... It would be nice if everyone sort of like took a deeper look at what what they're sharing online, what they're buying, what they're using, and just sort of just having an appreciation of where things come from, because um, otherwise, cultures just sort of get rubbed
0: and away. And also, it's a tr- it's a trend; it's going to come and go. Whereas yeah. for for where it, it came from, it would be a consistently important thing. Mm.
2: I, I think that I think one of the points yeah, is, like, uh, is like is like cultural like amalgamation it's like mixture of culture if like some but I would feel very different if that Bindi thing was created by like some Indians that they wanted to like get spread the word and make that like a new trend right like or like I want to like pay part of my culture and I want to make it into a new way because I'm both like a mix of like Indian and British or like whatever mix you are right so I guess
0: it's the delivery yeah If, if if that was yeah a group of Indian people and they were trying to communicate the meaning to it but make it more widespread yeah. and kind of like you said an amalgamation of e- east meets west yeah. culture that's different to a celebrity wearing it and then boohoo jumping on the trend and then like copy and pasting it and mass selling it the next day i yeah. guess yeah. Yeah. another thing i find and again this is a balance that i struggle with i've been sure to see what you guys think is i want to be I want to be recognised for my ethnicity but I don't want it to define me Mm. and I don't want you know if I say to someone I'm Indian for the first thing to come out their mouth to be like I love curry yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I've had that conversation oh, so, are you, many are you so many can times can you make curry I love curry yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's great yeah. that you do but a lot of the times that I realised is a lot of people told me curries I had no idea of like <laughs> traditional British curry was invented in the UK I like, think it was chicken chicken
0: tikka is Scottish it is Scottish right, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it so, me, so
2: like, like yeah. people came up to me and I was like oh chicken tikka is like, oh, amazing. Like, oh, amazing I'm like bro I don't know what that yeah, is what, right yeah 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 try
1: and find that on a menu
2: in India yeah exactly Uh, But, like, even in India, like, I don't know so many different cultures of India. Like, I am ignorant so much of different states, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like like kind of saying you speak African or, like, you speak Indian or something like that. It's just, like, so many different things that you just have to, like, take it case by case. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think growing up as a kid, once I sort of realised, like, you know, people need a bit of like education, and like obviously, it's going to be me delivering it, or, otherwise, no one's going to deliver that information on my behalf when I'm having those conversations. It's just so repetitive. Like, oh, you speak Indian? I'm like, no, there's like 200 oh, know, languages in India. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> like, oh, <I'm> yeah. like, <laughs> say
0: something together. in Indian then would say be yeah, another one. Uh, oh, go on, say like, something yeah, then yeah, in Indian. It's, India. it's, it's
1: just like, uh, it's not nice putting people on the spot, but yeah, yeah, constantly growing up. I think that's walking that line of, okay, I want to show myself, but I also don't want this to define me. I think that's a lot of where, for me personally, like I was trying to hide where I come from or not really talk about it, just cause that's sort of like sometimes easier when you're a kid yeah. um, until you have that confidence to be like, you know, this is who I am, this is where I come from. But aside from that, there are all these other things that make me who I am. Yeah. Um, So yeah, never. I think me as a person in general, I never want to be put into one box. Just because I think we're all like multifaceted people. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: I feel that as well. When when you w- you don't want to cul- like put someone in a box, it's easy for you as a person to be like, this is this person, this is their cultural identity, and mm-hmm. I kind of like uh, put put labels on people, right? But in reality, people are very different, right? Like yeah. I can go up to a person and be like, you're, you're from here or something like that, and I can be completely wrong, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's just like taking a little bit more care and efforts when you communicate with people to be like, oh, nice, this is, uh. so what do you, uh, like, I don't know, saying, being in a more curious kind of way and only pushing if people want to. Because exactly. like you said, some people are not comfortable sharing these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, sometimes in a mood and I'm like, I'm, I am I want to educate someone, you know, like, I want to teach them mm-hmm. about my culture. Sometimes I'm like, bro, I'm dead. You yeah. know, like... It, yeah, it's it's
0: exhausting for the, the owners to have to be on us as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah sure. I think there are still... For South Asians who have moved to the UK, there's a long way to go in some senses. I don't know if you find this. I met a girl from school who'd come over from India um, and I thought, oh, poor child, I'll take her under my wing. <laughs> That's sweet. And um, I learnt, you know, I thought, oh, she's from India, kind of, what, how will she know how to settle in here? Being from a big city in India, I felt she was a lot more progressive and had been raised in a very different way to me. Yeah. I think wrongly, I thought, well, my, my family had been here for a generation, so I will show you the way. Yeah. But um, big cities in India are modernizing at a much quicker rate than yeah. the people that have moved yeah. here have, because yeah. I think in a lot of ways, we're still stuck in the mentality and belief of our grandparents or yeah. parents from whenever they moved over here, yeah. and yeah. things haven't moved on. But I think for those that are still in India, they're progressing and modernizing so much faster. So and fast. there's still a lot of problematic stuff here. Like, I don't know if you ever got a by family when you go on holiday, stay out of the sun because you'll get too dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of these things that I think, I think they link back to, to, to colonization and the ideals of, of what beauty were that kind of came from the West. But um, mm-hmm. I think being lighter skinned is still seen as being favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we're still trying to unlearn. And then, you know, a lot of our views, I think, still on things like mental health and yeah. sexuality, they still have a long yeah, way to come yeah, as well.
1: Definitely, definitely. You know, it's sort of just legacy biases and prejudices prejudices, yeah. prejudices yeah. from generations above us. Like, they're just yeah. passed down, passed down, passed mm-hmm. down. We learn it without meaning to. We absorb it and sort of internalise that stuff. And then yeah. sometimes we don't even realise if we share those beliefs or not. But yeah, that's why it's really important to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, this
2: is this is super like close to me as well because like I feel like when my when p- parents come here, I can give an example specifically of my mom. Her, her mindset kind of stuck. This was what India was, right? Yeah, yeah. And that mindset is stuck like 10, 20 years ago mm, or 10 yeah. years ago from there. And that's how she believed India is. Then I speak to some people from, from that area. Exactly. They're yeah. so involved, but my mum is still like, yeah. you know, holding on to the beliefs because she wants to hold on to her identity. And yeah, like, I empathize true, with that, true. right? Like yeah. that's her roots, right? Yeah. For her, it's like, I will be too british if i change i want to be indian uh, yeah. but like yeah. when you're in india it's it's an evolving field you know? uh,
1: yeah yeah um, i mean uh, we mentioned it before we started you know the world's kind of getting smaller like the internet's just completely changed everything it's a reason why a lot of modernization is happening so rapidly across the world across cities across generations so yeah i think I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm not too old yet, but I think everyone sort of goes through that at some point in their life, where they're like, "Oh, the p- place where I come from is changing," yeah. and like you kind of question your identity at that point. <laughs> yeah, really, uh. it's it's
0: really hard. You know, I think I don't know if you watch any Bollywood films, but Bollywood has changed so much now. I think to try and keep up with um, the, the demand for more kind of westernisation, and that makes me quite sad uh-huh. because um, it's not so much about the. Ch- I think before Bollywood would be where you would look to to see what was in style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now the actresses aren't even wearing Indian dress anymore. It's also Western. So mm. it's, a, it's a really hard struggle that I have in my daily life of how much I want to kind of hold on to both. Yeah. And then I see Indian modernising and I think good for India. Yeah. But then sometimes I see Indian modernising and I think, oh, well, don't do that because you're changing and you're yeah. not what you used to be. And it's this amalgamation of culture and it's becoming more Westernised. And I don't know, I think it can be quite a difficult thing to get your head around. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because the place you're from and what your idea of it is changing, I don't know. People kind of make the place and it's like, mm. I don't know. Mm. Holding on to tradition sometimes is useful. It's mm. like, it gives you an identity. I think that's that's a thing that people have in common with a South Asian-like culture. They have a lot of traditions that yeah. define them. Mm. And those traditions, because I kind of want to pass some of the traditions that I had to my to my children. Because mm. I think that was cool. Even yeah. if I hated it when I was growing up, I had to do the stuff. What's an example? <laughs> uh, what's an what's example? My... Um, Oh, no, my, uh, t- i have examples that come to my head i'm trying to filter out which, which is uh, which is uh which i want to say or not <laughs> um traditions that i hated like my mom would make me dance right i did a lot of bollywood so dance so right mm. and i hated it when i was eight or nine going to bollywood lessons and dancing and wearing like weird get ups and I was like oh my god I hate it like uh, progressively as I got older I realized how cool that is yeah. like I could I can dance a little bit now and I like you know I feel more confident because I, I went on stage and danced in front of people and stuff like that but I hated having mm. to do that my mum forced me yeah. at every function it's like you gotta dance you gotta dance yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like "Mum, no I want yeah. to study like I was trying to like find ways that she would understand me not to dance So I was like I need to study, I've got an exam and I exams are super important. Yeah, so Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so are you grateful that your mum forced you to do that yeah, dance Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for that. No, I don't know too. if
2: I'll force my children to do that, but mm. like some some of the traditions like that, that'll be good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or yeah. even like exposing them to, you know, this is what dancing used to look like back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I think just
0: exposing them to your dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be a I no. think it is yeah. on
2: YouTube somewhere.
0: My dad has a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, yeah, amazing.
0: <laughs> So talking a bit about um, Asian contribution to modern day Britain, you know, you were talking about, you had a stat about how many Indian people fought in
2: World 1 and 2, right? I was, I was so, I was, I, for this podcast specifically, I was trying to research history and so on. And the whole month, I think it is useful for people to learn and research history themselves, for them to be educated. And I, I learned that my, Great granddad and a bunch of his like family fought in World War One and Two, right? And I did not know that. Like when the poppies were given out in November, I I was like, oh, these British soldiers were the yeah. ones that were given all the credit, right? I my school was like really really into Remembrance Day and stuff, but never mentioned any of the, like Indians and stuff stuff that went to war and the statistic is ridiculous like millions of indians fought i think in world war one it said like 1.8 million indians joined and fought right like and in world war Two, 2.5 millions would, uh, indians were drafted just because it was a huge country but a lot of those people were illiterate and they didn't have uh like not uh, like uh, they didn't have as vast journals and stuff that was left behind and that is part of the reason why they're not spoken so i'm not saying it's full ignorance and stuff it's just like history is basically like what people can find Mm. but this is not taught about in schools i did not know this yeah
0: i think the whole way that the whole way that imperialism is taught in school when i looked at through a different lens is um it's quite shocking. Yeah. Remember learning about obviously the you know, like the Vietnam War in school and then going to Vietnam yeah. and going to their museums and learning their side of it. It, it shows the way that we're taught is skewed. Yeah. And even with um, you know, like the Windrush generation, we were we were asked to come here. Mm-hmm. We came here to fill a lot of valuable roles and then so quickly, and this isn't just this isn't just South Asian, this is everyone, yeah. they kinda turned around and went, Oh actually we don't want you anymore. Yeah. That must have been so tough. That that must have obviously. been so mm. tough for the people. But then um to finish on a more positive note, so we're talking about never have I ever and Mindy yeah, Kaling. Yeah. who I else? Are, like her a
2: lot who else support. are some
0: examples of Asian people that you think are making a really good contribution in the modern day, and they're that they're showcasing Asian heritage in a much more realistic or, or popular way?
1: I don't watch loads of like TV or movies or anything, but I'm really into my music, oh, okay, and yeah. I don't know if how how much you guys are into music. Um, recently there's been a wave. Um, I believe to be started by a guy called Young Singh, and yeah. it's um, UK Garage blended in with Punjabi music, oh, and it's yeah, so much fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And I think back in the '90s, or maybe like early, uh, late late nineties, Punjabi Garage was a massive thing in London, and it yeah. was like massive across the UK. And I think like early naughty songs, like maybe Kudna, like kind of got that garage in- influence yeah. in there, and it just kind of disappeared like 2010 to 2020, and right now it's like definitely a resurgence, like you're seeing more more djs um you know across the board um i personally like making my own music on the side like i don't like picture it going anywhere but it's just nice to know that you know what we came back like what we talked about earlier um just being southeast asian doesn't define you no. you know it's kind of like who you are as a person all your interests like kind of make you the person that you are yeah. so it kind of gives me that confidence to like yeah i can be you know sort of hard-working guy working in tech making music just being myself and like going for it, so yeah, definitely.
2: I have a guy from Parks and Rec the I don't know if he is. You know his name? Oh, He's right. from Taiwan. Oh, Seasons Yes, yeah, that's yeah, him. Yeah, he yeah. has a He's show a on Netflix as well. I forget the show's um, name, but it's a
1: really nice show. Master of None. Master yeah, of None. That yeah, was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, One of the I best
2: depictions of like Asian parents yeah, that yeah, I had or oh, totally. immigrant parents that I saw. That was yeah, really yeah, good to yeah. see. I love that uh, show. That was a great show. Um, I I think it's like. I don't have any like inspirational like Indian people that I, I look up to, but in music and I when I see trends like that, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like be I'm I started being a little bit more into like Indian rap and stuff like so that. Good. Like and it's nice to see like Malayali rap taking like uh her, like points from the West and integrate that as well. Mm-hmm. That's been super nice. I've been like that's that kind of like influenced me. That's like oh man, Kerala is actually super cool, and I've been trying to look for people in there to like get inspiration from that's
0: been nice and just to finish off for anyone wanting to learn a bit more about um asian heritage month or asian culture what do you think is the best way to to do it
1: Mm, i think we said it before we started you know it's just talking to people you know speaking to your friends or even you know if you're walking by a gurudwara a mosque a hindu temple you can always just pop in like everyone's like part of the community we're all we're all just here to, uh, you know, enjoy our lives. So definitely, like, ask questions, be curious, mm-hmm. and, like, definitely, like, speak to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously the internet's your friend as well.
0: And don't believe everything you see on Bend It Like Beckham. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: That's, That's so true. true. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like coming with an accepting like mindset and that's an open mindset, willing to change misconceptions by like speaking to people and seeing what the real, what, what it actually is like. Mm-hmm. Like you said, speaking to people is probably the best way to, to if you have friends who are of, like South Asian heritage, just go and uh, go to them and be like, okay, can I can I learn a little bit more about your culture? Yeah. I'm sure like 90% of the time they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I can't believe you came and asked <laughs> yeah, me yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Sure, Absolutely. I'm happy to d- I'm happy to tell you yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. okay well I think we'll wrap things up there guys but thank you both so much for joining me and thank you for everyone who tuned in to listen see you on the next one <laughs>